0: Yo, 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 welcome to Auntie Alma's Candy Shop. I got that cheese for your flaming hots and all the sweet treats you can eat. Stay tuned for more dope snacks from your favorite, T.T.
1: At I can't sleep. I toss and turn. Candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being...
0: Alright, yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Simi A. here, and I have Willie D. with me today. So what's going on? How we doing today, everybody? I also have Jenny Christian with me today. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey. What's going on, Jenny? How you doing, darling? I'm pretty good. I'm happy to be on this call with you and Willie D. That's major. That's the highlight of my day.
0: Highlight. Yeah, day. definitely, definitely. You know, we got a we got a legend on the phone with us today. We got a legend on the on the line with us today. So, um, you know, things definitely are um are major right now in the house. So so definitely. yeah, I'm really excited. Really excited Me? we're gonna get to we're gonna we're gonna talk about some things that are going on we're gonna get the 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 kids you know we're gonna we're gonna get the kids involved we gotta sit them down and uh and and give them oh, a lesson yeah, 'cause uh them <laughs> it seemed like the it seemed like the kids just, they just don't know what's going on It seems like they're going crazy and I'm talking about kids from my age and younger. You know because i i'm i'm, I'm twenty four so i still consider I'm still considered to be in that in that range Definitely. And a lot of people my age are still you know acting like that if you will <laughs> yeah. yes
2: yes, yes. It, it's a it's a it's a crazy generation happening out here, which is is kind of disheartening sometimes because this is the generation that I feel that have the most impact, but yet they're the least focused. On, on what we should be, you know, so so much has changed in music and movies and entertainment and life and, you know, justice and so many things that I feel like with the few strides that we've made, the millennials, you know, your group can really take charge and take over with a little direction, you know, so I'm hoping, you know, Willie has some answers because he's definitely a well-respected legend in his own right, you know, to help All you.
0: Don't, don't All day long, and that's why I feel like you know this is a this is gonna be a very this is gonna be a very important conversation to even have you know um, because we just there's some things that I think you know the kids need to hear from an OG from somebody who has been there done that you know especially because we you know with this uprise um, in you know in these new you know pro black movements these civil rights movements that are going on mm-hmm. these small you know pockets of you know, uprise all over the country and every in every city. You know, I think that you know young young people of you know young African American people need to know you know how to be radical because we don't. You know what I'm saying? We are not. I don't know if 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 we're going about it in the right way. You know, so right. it's always good to have somebody's perspective that has that has done this before that can let us know, like you know what this is what you guys are doing right, and this is what y'all need to do further. You feel me? So. Yep,
2: exactly. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep. Because I think sometimes um, the the younger generation confuses radical with reckless, and we don't want to do that. We want to be bold, but we want to be bold with a purpose, and as you said, doing it in the right manner. So let's be strategic about how we move forward. You know.
0: Exactly. You know, this is a perfect opportunity for us to 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 actually get inside our own minds. You know, I mean. So, you know, I mean, Jenny, I know that you're you're heavily involved with uh, with social media. What are your thoughts on some of the things that are going on right now my, in you the know, community? My
2: thoughts are, it's, my thoughts are very, um,
0: it's,
2: it's, it's a hard place to put because I want to say I'm, sad, I'm saddened by a lot of it. I'm heartbroken um, by a lot of it simply because anger and rage taking over the communities. You know, for various reasons that we don't seem to be able to get get too many advancements in social injustice or you know racism or equality and different things because we're killing each other in our community. You know, so it's it's for kind sure. of distracting, taken away. So I'm so sad because I don't even know where to start. But maybe Willie D has some answers. You know, and he needs no
0: Dustin. But I'm gonna take it to you, Sydney. You go ahead. All right, all right, Mr. Willie D, are you with us?
3: yes i am i've always hello hello
0: hello how you doing legend what's going on man
3: uh you know just uh just getting a little work in you know uh hunting coons.
2: (laughs) yeah you know
0: yes
2: and doing well
3: yes (laughs)
0: yeah i love it i love it i love it i love it all right mr willie d well as you might know my name is sydney a and i got my friend jenny here we're gonna you know we wanted to um we wanted to get your perspective on some things um so you mm-hmm. know like as a member member of the group ghetto boys how do you feel about the uprising black culture in mainstream in mainstream arenas and like cultural appropriation like this whole conversation about cultural appropriation that is going on on social media um with you know like with especially in within hip hop and the rise of like you know Certain you know groups of people That are you know Basically taking bits and pieces Of black culture And just saying that they That that this is their This is their thing what are your thoughts on that
3: You know The thing is this uh, There's an old saying if you don't use it You're going to lose it Mm -hmm. So we Haven't done a We in the black community Black artists including uh, the, the people who manage the music, the music that we make uh, that look like us, we haven't done a very, very good job in respecting our culture mm. and the richness of our culture. Uh, oftentimes we don't appreciate it until somebody else appreciates it and we look up and we realize that they've appreciated it to, to, the, to the extent that they depreciated it, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, I, I even think about years ago, my ex-wife uh, told me to invest in some property uh, downtown that was near a neighborhood that I grew up in, Fifth Ward. And I was like, man, don't ain't nobody want this stuff, man. You know, what am I gonna buy this stuff for? I don't know how long I'm gonna be sitting on this stuff. You know, I don't wanna be buying this property that nobody wants this property. And it was, less than, it was less than 10 years. That same lot that I could have bought for $1,000 is now $100,000. It's worth wow. $100,000. So that one thing about me, what I like to do is that if I make a mistake, I will not make the same mistake I don't care. I don't care what it is that I do. I'll make another mistake now. <laughs> I'll make other mistakes, but I won't <laughs> repeat that mistake. And okay. since then, I got a whole different uh, uh, perspective on uh, real estate in the future of where it where, where it could go. I got instead of hindsight, I now operate under the premise of foresight. But as far as that appropriation is concerned, we. Don't respect our culture enough because if we did, we would see the value in it and we take it and we.
0: Uh oh. Yeah, hello?
2: Uh oh, I think we might have lost them for a second.
0: That's okay. Let's see if we can try to get him back on the call. Hold on one second. Uh-huh.
2: But like he made an excellent point that I, you know, it never even processed with me. You know what you have if you don't use it. You know, you will lose it. Someone else will. Isn't that crazy? Definitely. Little things like that.
0: Oh, so definitely. True. And I'm, And you know what? That perspective is completely something I never even thought about, you know, in the realm of, you know, like thinking about cultural appropriation because you're right. You know, when we think about, when we think about the situation um, with, you know, like cultural appropriation, we tend to look at it as, oh, they're stealing, oh, they're stealing, but, you know, who's actually talking about what is and what isn't ghetto and what is and what isn't hood and what is and what isn't bad? Who's actually actually perpetuating these ideologies? Because that, that doesn't really necessarily come directly from the mouths of, people of non-black people at least
2: that's in
0: true. the arena yeah. of you know like our everyday lives you know um and um it doesn't it doesn't come in in that you know in that respect um it comes from the mouths of people that look like us so um i know that uh that that's something that you know i've heard growing up you know like even my dad he he tried to like you know, you know, my dad tried to, to, when I was growing up, tried to, you know, keep me away from that, that aspect of my culture. And I had to explain to him, like, I love every part of who I am as a black woman, from the, the, the top part of me being a super educated black woman to the bottom part of me being, you know, you know, with me having the street knowledge that I have. I'm not trying to hide that. I don't need to hide that. You know, I think a lot of what we're dealing with is, a backlash of respectability politics. You know, oh well black people shouldn't be doing this. You gotta wear a suit, you gotta wear a suit. But then you got everybody else that are coming in and they doing everything that we used to do in the hood and it's 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 hot. fat it's it's popular now. It's like, oh wait, wait a second. But we thought, nah, you could definitely still do that. Y'all were just too embarrassed. So let's get um let's get um uh, Back on the phone, we got a couple of technical difficulties over here, so we're gonna we get them. We're gonna I'm get them right to... back. back on the line Hello. Here. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, hey. We are so okay.
2: sorry. A little technical difficulty.
0: We're back. Probably, probably, okay. You know, the, sometimes you. it go it goes yeah. down in the in the in the candy shop right. when you got when you got you know legends on the on the line. You know how Beyonce say it go down when you got. Sometimes it go down to... in the elevator when a million when you when a million dollars is on the line. Well, a billion dollars is on the line. So. So that's what happened. Right. Uh, right. You know. All
2: nervous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they can't handle the heat that comes along with these flaming hots that I sell up in here. So you know, it it, it it'd be, it'd be like that. So. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, all right, Mister Willie D. Well, I know we got cut off. Um, so did you want to add? Um, did you want to add some some more to that uh, to that that discussion about cultural appropriation?
3: Yeah, man. Yeah, the, the, the cultural appropriation happens oftentimes when people don't see the value in their culture. See, when you see the value in it yourself and you go in and you take control of you own, you take ownership of it. It's hard for right. somebody else to just come in and take over it. So often, this is what happened with hip hop. Uh, you notice that at first, you know, we were laughing at the white guys who were do break dancing. Now, uh, and, and, and and as the white guys took the culture and you know embraced the culture and promoted the culture and marketed the culture of breakdancing, more black people were like uh, turning their back on it and not dealing with it. And what happened is that. They kept doing it and growing it and growing it and growing it to where they actually started blogs and they started magazines and they started putting it out on T-shirts and stuff like that. And they started doing even doing, uh, seminars and conventions and things. And now uh, you can't even tell that breakdance and hip-hop started with black people because white people, primarily white people, and not just white people but other uh, cultures now – own hip-hop. All of these big dance companies, these big uh, dance teams around the world, many of them don't have one black person in them. Very and that is because we did not respect the culture and we did not see the value in it. You see, everybody else saw the value in it. Anytime you have a product that that people like or pe- people gravitate toward, that product has Value it has it, it can be monetized. Mm. We didn't understand that, so we just thought it was just something we are you know, we just doing, we just hanging out, we just having fun or whatever. They looked at it and said, okay, we're going to not just appropriate it, but we're going to get paid off of it. And when you look at the artists today in hip hop, you look at many of the white artists. The white artists are actually saying something in their music. They are saying something. Uh, you can't deny that Macklemore is saying something. Did I like that big old hit song that he had, where he was talking about being confused about his gender? I ain't like that song, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I, and I know why he got, and I know why he got Grammys for it. You know, I understand why he got the Grammys uh, for it. And, and for the people who can't read between the line, I'll be very direct. He got the Grammys because he. Uh, told a story Of, of being uh, Sympathetic toward The gay culture okay? So bam,
0: bam, the, bam. The,
3: the people So the gay people In Hollywood said he needs to get a Grammy because he needs to be Rewarded for saying this I love that guy So that's why he got a Grammy you know? That's why he got the Grammys and that's why he cleaned up But the song In, 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 in and of itself Had substance It did have substance Many of the black artists that you hear today, we have some out there, and you know who they are, who are saying something. But it's disproportionate. And so the majority of the stuff that you hear is, I dig it, dig it, I ain't saying nothing. You can't even understand the words in most of the songs. Oh, you know, my God. And this is, this is not by happenstance. This is by design. This is yes. by design. This is programming yes. by design if we can program their minds, we know that most of the youth are listening to entertainment and entertainment takes up a, a huge chunk of the youth minds. When they're not in school studying, when they're not at home doing their homework, they're finding ways to entertain themselves. And oftentimes they're going to turn to television or they're going to turn to music. And if we can get them to be, come uh, robots of nothing, you know, nothing information. We can control them. So all this, time that you, you, all this time that they're being programmed to do well at school and stuff like that, then uh, school is kind of like a burden to most kids. So that's why they find so much enjoyment in entertainment because entertainment is like a release. So you can go and play your music, you can be free. You can turn, shut your door, put your headphones on, and you can just be free. You can block out the rest of the world. And if what you, what's coming through your ears, that, you know, what's going into your mind, what's feeding your mind is a bunch of nothing, then that's what you're going to be about. So right. when they sign the black artist, they're signing the black artists who many times, oftentimes, Who are just basically regurgitating trash, and that's all they sound. And that's what everybody sounds like. Everybody, it sounds like one long song with a bunch of guests on
1: it. Mm -hmm. It just
3: sounds like if you turn the radio on, you turn the radio on, it just sounds like one long song. All all those ten songs they play in rotation sounds like one long song. Mm -hmm. And most of the artists that are on these songs. You know, if you listen to uh, four out of ten songs on the radio today, you'll you'll hear Drake, uh, Lil Wayne, and 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 uh, you know whoever is next, the newest, hottest guy on, on on a record right now. You know that's what you're going to hear. But in terms of context, uh, content, what you're hearing with the black artists that are being signed, they are, are artists who are actually destroying what we have left in hip-hop and when they sign the white artists they're signing the white artists who are actually saying something because they know okay you're white okay i gotta make sure that i justify this this this, i gotta justify this signing i'm gonna sign you You know people gonna be looking oh he's white he got the deal because he's white no he got the deal because he can rap that's what they have to say they got to be able to justify that I need them to say that you got this deal because you can actually rap. And it's hard to argue that this person didn't get the deal because they can actually rap. Because when you compare what the white rappers are saying to what the black artists are saying, there is no comparison. They're killing the black artists. And we know this is by design because we know that many of these artists that are going in the studio purposely acting like they can't speak. They actually go into the studio acting like they can't can't talk properly, because that's what's in—not dumb and just being sounding dumb. That's in. So yeah, you know that's that's like, actually
0: very true, and I don't mean to cut you off right there because I just I just wanted yeah. to add an insert of of how I actually found out that that was true when I when I heard Two Chains for the first time, and this mm-hmm. man is a you know is a is a four point student or something and graduated. Like, Uh high school within three years, and the music that he made at the time never reflected. I mean, like, I was just like, how do you just, how do you go along with that? You know, like, how do you, how can you go into the, you know, I battled as an artist myself, you know, as a vocalist myself. I battled Mm -hmm. for years with not wanting to be, because, you know, it it started, I will say, in my my perspective, it, it started almost with them taking... Like the soul away from R and B music, and I had to explain to you know the person that signed me when I was sixteen, I'm not doing bubblegum music. You're not gonna my voice mm-hmm. isn't, isn't bubblegum worthy. I don't think I'd sound good on bubblegum pop tracks. You know, um, you know, I, I I actually have a voice. I would like to do music that reflects you know, what my, you know, what my vocal abilities are. And they looked at me like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, no, this is what you're going to do. And this is how we're going to market you. And I was just like, wow, see, really, I don't have a say in anything that goes on in this creative, you know, arena. So I definitely, I've I've definitely experienced that firsthand. And I've seen it firsthand, you know, where, you know, you've got these black artists that are kind of just pushed into this, you know, into what they, into this market, you know that the the labels kind of create um, and mm-hmm. I feel like the internet has kind of resolved- i think the internet has honestly and truly especially with the with the um with them killing limewire I think that black artists are now finally able again to have a platform where they don't ha i mean like look at chance the rapper, you know we're talking about somebody that just basically crossed over from secular into into gospel like overnight and I don't think that that kind of I don't think that that kind of crossover would be possible if you know if he was tied to a label you know I think the labels are honestly losing their power I think it's coming back it's slowly coming back because now even R&B the the the, the landscape of R&B music is changing again you've got people like you know that are, I'm going to just say from my city you know I'm from Chicago um and you got artists like BJ the Chicago Kid um, who is, you know, phenomenal? But this this young man sounds just like, uh, you know, he sounds like a a, 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 a a revamp of D'Angelo, and I feel like mm-hmm. his, his sound in 2008 wouldn't have wouldn't be able to be as popular amongst younger people because he wouldn't have even been pushed into that arena because the labels would have looked at him like you you sound too old we're going to push you this way or we're not going to push you at all so we're going to shelve you because that's what happened to a lot mm-hmm. of arm, a lot of neo soul artists you know like Jaguar Wright. I just I I recently reached out to her and was like yo you know what you're amazing and come to find out you know she has you know she she's had some issues with trying to get back in um into the mainstream ar- arena because she just can't get the support. But now we have, you know, we have the Internet that, that that allows us to have the support of our supporters, and we don't need the labels anymore, you know, really, you know, and I think they're fighting, mm-hmm. fighting very hard. But um, with that being said, uh, so let's talk about the release of your latest single, Coon. And your thoughts on the, you know, on the current climate of, you know, of the Civil Rights Movement, because, you know, when I heard that record, it became, it was, it was heavy for me, and I laughed at it, I was just like, I got on Twitter, and I was like, yo... I don't know if Charles Barkley wants to wants the step to really be because that that you know you you said some really powerful things in that record. I was like I was laughing about it because I was like, wow, he sounds like me going on a Twitter rant. Huh. So uh, with that being said, uh, you know what are your thoughts on the current climate of this new civil rights movement? You know that are carried that's being carried out by Black Lives Matter protesters.
3: Absolutely love every single participant. And supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement. Love them, love them, love them. It's going to take the youth, it's always been the youth that have been the warriors. Many people that are from my generation and beyond, they're some fucking cowards, or they've probably always been cowards, or they they, uh, just don't have any more. Fight. They've softened up through the years And they're just tired of fighting And they're letting somebody else have it And the youth are showing up and showing out I support them One billion percent I mean, I, and, and I love it And it is very, very important That black people understand That when you see people Mainstream media primarily Policemen uh, People in the media Attack the Black Lives Matter movement What they're trying to do is make you distance yourself from the Black Lives Matter movement. They want to discredit the Black Lives Matter movement. You have to understand that the media is a PR agent for the government. They are a PR agent for law enforcement. And they're all in the same game. So they control the narratives when anything happens. That's why when... The police kill somebody, shoot somebody down, gunning an unarmed man down, or beat somebody to death. They say, the officer said, such and such happened, and blah, blah, blah,
1: and da, 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 da.
3: And they kind of like have a tone where they try to make it seem like it's factual when the officer says, this is what happened, and then they leave it alone. Now, when they come from the other side, of the a victim, they'll say something like, allegedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they use words like allegedly, uh, uh, as the suspects say, blah, 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 or whatever, whatever. See, they're all in the same game. And so, uh, law enforcement, uh, government officials, lobbyists, Uh, The media, they're all in it together And and so when you see them attacking the Black Lives Matter movement You have to understand that your your oppressor is not going to ever be honest with you Uh, We've seen the Black Lives Matter movement attacks before Uh, If you can remember the Black Panther movement Uh, Even the NAACP In the early days uh, You never see them attack the NAACP Anymore because the NAACP Is bought and paid for By the oppressor now So they control the NAACP And that's why you haven't seen The NAACP uh, Make a stance A serious stance on any black issues In the last 40 years 30-40 years Uh, Very irrelevant. When it comes to standing up Black Lives Matter is the best movement That we've had since the Civil Rights era It is a, it, it's, I totally support it So we have to understand that we've seen them before Anytime that you do something In America First of all, black people have to Go ahead on and finally admit Whatever you're thinking about how things are going to get better and we're going to one day be treated fairly and everything's going to be equal, it's not going to happen in your lifetime. It's not going to happen in your children's lifetime. It's not going to be happening in the next lifetime or nothing. No, 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 no lifetime ever. It's never going to happen unless you have total revolution, and revolution involves bloodshed. Okay, because America don't respect mm-hmm. nothing but blood and money. Okay, so we ain't we ain't got all of, we ain't got enough money. So what else you got? See, so it's not going to happen. All of that praying and hoping and wishing—it's not going to happen. No matter how much you do it, it's never going to happen. Because you have to understand that we live in a white supremacist society, America was never shaped, the constitution the laws that or that were written were never meant to give black people a fast shake and the people who practice racism they come up with these think tanks and they sit around and figure out ways to thwart black empowerment and efforts and progression every maybe 10 15 years they come up with another trick and they implemented. They did it with uh they did it with besides slavery, they you know once they did it with Jim Crow, they did it with the welfare system, they did it with crack cocaine, they did it with the Tuskegee instrument uh experiment, they did it with uh, uh black wall street, they did it with uh they did it with mass incarceration, they're doing it now with immunization. where they uh, immunizing our children before uh, they're uh, five years old, three years old, and many of our black boys uh, have uh, autism. Why black boys? Like we never had these issues when I was growing up. We always had. And and yeah, I'ma say it. I ain't trying to be politically correct. I you know I grew up using the word retarded, and I think retarded is a good way to 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 explain he was not. He was not mentally challenged. He was retarded. We had one retarded kid per neighborhood. That's how it was when I was growing up. Now you have all of these boys. They're not calling them retarded now. They're calling them, they're saying it's autism. Okay, it's autism. Where is all of this stuff coming from? How do you have almost one in every four families that I know now that are black got an autistic kid? And, mo- and mostly a black, I mean, it's a boy. Where is this coming from? I'm telling you, this is not a conspiracy theory. A theory. This, is a, this is a fact. These people are targeting our community. A, a white guy, one of the doctors who uh, worked for the CDC, actually came out, you can look this up, he actually came out and admitted that they knew that uh, these immunizations were causing uh, Autism in black uh, boys and they, would not, they did not, and they did not Report it for another 10 years They said nothing about it for another 10 years This is stuff That these people do Intentionally to weaken the black Community So we are in a white supremacist Society and it's being practiced on us Every single day And we have to understand what we're up against we have to understand that when we see people like Stacey Dash and Charles Barkley, Stephen A. Smith and Raven Simone and other black people who get a pass for disparaging the black community. We have to understand this is by design because they don't have any other white they don't have any white people or any Hispanic people, Asian people getting on CNN, T N T, ESPN, or ABC, NBC. They don't have any white people who actually get a paycheck that's on the payroll of any of these networks to disparage their communities—they only have black people who do this—and we're so stupid that we say, "Well, how you gonna hate them because he has his own opinion? How you, how you gonna not like them? It's a successful black woman, a successful black man. How you gonna hate them because they have their own uh, own opinion?" First of all, let me explain something to you. Uh, uh, Charles Barkley and Stacey Dash and Stephen A <laughs> and all these people, they're not successful. They're not successful. They have money. It's a difference. Yeah. They're not successful.
4: They oh, have definitely.
3: money. They have money and they wear nice clothes and they're on TV. That's it. They're mm-hmm. garbage. They're trash that needs to be thrown out. They don't serve the black community no, in no shape, form, or fashion. If you're not helping a situation you are hurting. And none of that commentary that these people get on, 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 on television and, and say and, and spew out there to, for the rest of the world to hear, none of this helps the black community. We know what's wrong with the black community, but you don't, that don't mean that because we have our own issues and we cause many of our own issues that we can't call out the other people that do harm to the black community also. You know, just because black people kill black people doesn't mean that, you sh- that that the other people who kill black people should get a pass. Well, they're killing each other. Why can't I do it? But that's kind of the way they come off. You know, they, these people are paid. They're paid to sell us out. That's what people don't get. They think that Stacey Dash and Charles Barkley is harmless. But Charles Barkley wear dresses and lipstick and put on heels, and he and he prance around like a woman. He a clown. He's a buffoon, and he goes around. And he and, it, and it, he does all of this in the context of being being a clown or being funny. But what he's doing is that he's telling other black men it's okay to put on a dress and wear a lipstick and be made a clown of. Uh, you know, it's all in good fun. It's all in humor. This is very dangerous. These, these these people are very dangerous. Stacey Dash is very dangerous. People look at Stacey Dash and say, oh, man, she, uh, man, Stacy Dash, she's she pretty, she's fine. She just, Stacy when I look at Stacey Dash, I, I see a monster. I really do. I see an evil person, an evil diabolical person. That's who I see. And she's, you, you know, psychological warfare is, 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 Cases is more dangerous than physical Warfare Because one person let's say one person go out You know you can have uh, Gang bangers can be controlled If they like like if they wanted to clean up Like if the government wanted to clean up What's going on in Chicago right now today Even if black people said I'm gonna Keep killing they could still control it if they Wanted to they can they can bring The hammer down if they Wanted to just like Okay so so people say "Well, well, well Well if you can't you know, black people gotta take they, they gotta take stock. They gotta they gotta they gotta they gotta uh uh they gotta pull themselves up by the bootstrap. They gotta stop doing this complete Let me tell you something. If they can stop black people, those same black guys that's in Chicago, killing everybody, shooting up everything, if they can stop them from going in there, shooting up the bank and grabbing that money out the bank, why they can't stop them from shooting in the neighborhood. It's true. They ain't you think they don't want that money in that bank? You think all them killers don't want that money that's at that bank, that's at that at that, that, that big uh, at Walmart? You think they don't want that money? That, they don't want to get to that space? If they can stop them from getting to that space and getting away, if they can stop them from getting that get, get get going to that bank and getting that money and getting away, why they can't stop them from killing each other or shooting up the neighborhood? They can stop it if they wanted to. They don't want to. But at the same time, you can't get a black guy. Black black men, real black men, who call themselves men, who really say that they love that neighborhood, they gotta stop trying to be uh, trying to play both sides of the fence. You gotta pick a side. You either for us or you against us. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. You either for the black community. Are you against the black community If you are shooting up the black community I don't give a damn if you're from the black community You are part of the problem You are the enemy of the black community And the black community has to come Together collectively to stop you You got to be stopped And that means by any means necessary You must be stopped I don't give a damn If my cousin or my brother I got to think about the big picture And I got to say you know what Whew, man, I sure hate to kill my brother, but this nigga's messing up our damn neighborhood too much. Man, I know it's going to be for the better. Long term, it's going to be for the better. I just look back and I had to take I took an ill, you know, in my heart for the greater good of the people. I had to kill my brother. Mm. Real talk. They got to... The gang members... Got to be dealt with. The killers in the hood got to be dealt with by real men first and foremost, the real man. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen even when the real man step in. They got to have a better plan because the cops in Chicago are dirty, just like the cops in Houston and every way up in America they are. are dirty. They are dirty, and they don't yes, want to Lord. see Chicago, the uh, south side of Chicago right. They don't want to see the neighborhood clean. They don't want to see it gun-free, drug-free. They get a kick out of coming to, uh, to the black neighborhoods and kicking ass and calling and taking names. They get a kick out of that. They do not want to see it. So you got to have a plan in place to make sure that when they come with that craziness, that madness, that you stop them too. You know, it's not just about us just saying we're going to lay, out, lay down our guns. It's also about outside influences coming in and dropping money and also framing people and saying, if you don't do this, you don't hit him, we're going to hit you. You don't kill him, we're going to kill you, or we're going to take you to jail. It's also about stopping that also.
0: Right. And you know what? It's funny that you even say that because that's another thing, too, that I've I've learned. uh, Coming directly from a, a Chicago police officer, I learned about, you know, how you know these white supremacist groups are infiltrating the the gun trade out here in Chicago? And I didn't know that. They were like, you know, the people that have the most guns are not the are not the gangbangers out here. They not the they not the black people. It's the 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 the, the Aryan uh, Brotherhood that has they're mm-hmm. coming they're coming to Chicago and they're selling guns on the street. Because we all wonder like, how are these guys getting all these guns? Where are they getting them from? And how they get these the 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 the, the, the Aryan Nation, the Aryan Brotherhood is buying guns you know so one one police officer told me um about a situation where they discovered that um, this guy had over like 250 guns in Chicago and then over 750 in Michigan and when he told me he was like you know well what race do you think this guy was and i was like "He,", he I was like he's white isn't he he was like yeah and i was like well that makes sense to me because they have the access to everything And they are the ones controlling majority of the gun trade in the city of Chicago. People, a lot of people don't know that, and the police know it. So you know, it's it's all one big cycle. But, um, but Jenny, why don't you go ahead and and take the floor? Um, Because I know that you 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 wanted to talk to him about certain things. So what are your? So I'm gonna go ahead and give the floor to you, okay, darling? Hey, Jenny.
3: Man, is jenny on the block or sorry, is she, she on, on is jenny on the clock oh, yes yeah. yeah, she's the there clock? she's with us she is with us <laughs> is she on the block <laughs> oh,
2: <yeah. laughs> i did i did have a couple of questions and i just wanted to you know switch gears slightly because i know we discussed your stance on the state of hip-hop you know as it is in mainstream but how do you think the newer artists can you know push forward by carrying on your legacy and other pioneers in the industry, just by being street reporters in the city.
3: Well, first and foremost, let me just say that I I, I appreciate diversity. I wouldn't want to hear uh, ten artists that sound like Willie D, or that sound like Ghetto Boys, or, or or Chance the Rapper, or whoever. I don't want to hear that back to back to back to back to back. I might have. To. I got different mood swings, just like I don't want to hear rap all the time. Sometimes I, I listen to country western. Sometimes I, li- I want to hear rock. Sometimes I want to hear my R&B, uh, new school R&B. Sometimes I want to hear my Motown R&B. Sometimes I sit back and I listen to sh- Chopin. You know, I like music, period. And I like I like diversity. So the problem with hip-hop today is that the state of hip-hop is that we don't have enough diversity in the music. Mm-hmm. So if we had diversity then that we wouldn't even wouldn't even be having this discussion uh we, we we just don't have enough diversity so you know for that artist that want to to make a statement that want to have st- substance in his music uh you have to decide that artist have to decide you know am i going to uh am i going to comply or am i you know am i going to just just comply or Am I going to just Be a rebel Mm -hmm. Uh, I chose to be a rebel because they don't play My music on the radio no way So I was like you know Shit it don't even matter (laughs) I can say whatever I want to say but even Before then Thank God I I grew up at a time And I was signed to a label like Rapalot Records who allowed Me freedom 100% Freedom of speech You have to imagine that you know, even with Rap a Lot and Jay Prince being the head of Rap a Lot and we all being from the hood, I would come to, to, to Jay with songs like Fuck the KKK. You know, mm-hmm. I'm talking, I, this is when I was 22 years old, 21 years old, you know? Right. Uh, I'm, com- I'm coming with songs like, I'm coming with songs like, you know, head Hose," which is a song <laughs> that we know is going to ruffle some feathers. And right. we know it is going to probably Alienate my female fan base But it's a song that at the time I felt That was necessary to do uh, I didn't think I was just making The song to disparage women I thought I was going to encourage women Like oh mm-hmm. you know, let's go natural You know <laughs> I'm thinking but it, that song, it actually took on a total <laughs> It actually had a total Opposite effect of what I thought it would have <laughs> It kind of encouraged women You know but anyway <laughs> But I would come with songs like I would come with songs like you know Niggas and flies, mm-hmm. where I I know if I do this song that black people gonna lose their mind because I'm telling black people no it ain't okay to drive mm-hmm. a Benz and and not have a, a the job and be living with your mama that's not okay mm-hmm. you know, I'm telling you is I'm telling you it's not okay to to go at, go out and rob a, a, an armored truck and. And then uh, go buy your girl a fur coat and y'all walking down the street in the hood. She got a fur coat on. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not okay. It's not okay, you know. So um, I would come with these type of songs uh, and even Jay would be like, oh man, you know, he just dropped his head like, you know, that kind of thing. So I had the freedom. I've always had the freedom to say, uh, what I wanted to say. So I don't even know any other way. Uh so for these artists that, that wanna really say something, they're gonna have to decide, you know, you know, do you want do you want to get to the money? Do you want the money? Mhm. Or, or do you want the integrity? Which one you want? Mhm. You know, sometimes you can get both. Kendrick Lamar was able to pull it off. Jake Cole was able to pull it off. Uh you know, um m M&M and was able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you can get, sometimes you can get both. But oftentimes, artists are going to try to do whatever that sells. Whatever they sell is because most uh, uh, label owners and stuff like that, even the independents, they don't understand anything else. So they want to hear whatever that's happening out there that motivated them to want to be in the industry. They want to hear music like that.
0: And we'll be right back. We got to restock the shop with penny candy and colored
1: socks Headlight
0: right here on Alma's Candy a Shop.
1: Turn, the dark yeah. Boy, um, at a nigga. I'm the point is that we don't have enough diversity and um, if we did have enough diversity uh, it would be cool because I, I quite frankly don't like just listening to one style of music I don't care if it's the most important style of music that most people think is the greatest thing ever, and even if I think it's the greatest thing if i even if I agree, I like diversity sometimes I want to listen to something mindless, you know just to have a relief I want to mm-hmm. hear it just to have a relief uh that's why I like comedy i like I love going going to comedy shows uh you know, people go to comedy shows to, most people go to comedy shows to escape uh, the world for a moment and just to have, just to laugh and just enjoy themselves for a moment before they get back out there and, and deal with all of the madness that, that the world offers. So um, I think uh, the diversity part is what's really, really missing and, and if we can get the artists today really, really want to make something that's conscious, that's just my mind stimulating, uh, that artist have to decide, uh, you know, are they going to hold out? Because you may have to hold out for a long time before you can get an executive who's willing to spend their money on the type of art that you want to make. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's still a business. And so that, that executive's got to feel like he's going to get a return on his money. I can guarantee you most executives, it's strictly about the money. And But but that's going to be a, like, you just got a better chance going to an end, in, like in, blowing up independently first. Once you blow up independently, then the major have no choice but to do business with you. And then at the end, And then at that point, it's just a numbers game. But okay. going in out of the gate, trying to do con- something conscious and going straight to a major is probably not, is very, very, uh, not likely to happen if you're black. Okay. Because they don't want, they don't want the, the young, the youth, the young black people in America minds to be stimulated. They don't want you to know your history. They don't want you to know all of the dirty, undermining things that they do in this country to to hold black people back, to keep their foot on black folks' neck. They want you to believe that you and you alone are responsible for uh, anything that happens to you, anything that negatively, negatively impacts your life. They want you to believe that you and you alone are responsible. See if you're riding down the street and you get killed, and the, and the police shoot you and you ain't have no gun or nothing like that, and they just blow blow your head off, they shoot you 55 times, Uh, they are going to, they they, they don't want you to know that, you know, that shouldn't have happened, you know, uh, and that should be some type of uh, uh, retribution uh, toward the cops that did it. They don't want that type of message. You know, they want you to feel like some kind of way you deserve to be shot 55 times uh, and then uh, after you was pronounced dead another cop walks up and shoots you another 55, you know, you know of course I'm exaggerating, I'm just saying like this mad- madness that, that that's happening out there they want you, it's always it's always some type of way they try to figure out that you were culpable for your own oppression when you listen to people like Charles Barclay talk Every time he talks and he speaks on these issues, notice the only time he gets serious is when he speaks on black issues. When he's talking about sports when he really should be serious, he's never serious. He's always clowning around, joking, ha he, ha, ha ha but when it comes to a black issue, and they always make sure that he's dressed a little better when he talks about black issues. Make sure you got his suit on and everything. Got his little makeup on, you know. This is, nice. this is not the regular makeup and foundation he uses at home. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this, this is the professional stuff they put on. Make sure everything looks good, the lighting and everything is great. And then uh, and I go out there, boy, and I get him, boy. Get him, boy. And that's when Charles Walker turn it on and say, he'll say things like, the jury got it right. I think the jury got it right. And we need to respect the jury's decision and blah, blah, blah. And then he'll say, but black people, you know, that's, you know, you know we got to understand that we, we can't, you know, the cops got a hard job to do. The cops' job is hard. Man, I can, man, they got, it's, it's about a hundred jobs in, 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 uh, more or more in this country that's more dangerous than being a police officer. Hell, uh, just being a regular human being it's more dangerous than being a police officer. Yeah. But they tell you this, they tell you this so that they can justify buying tanks, spending all that money to buy tanks. And so that they can justify, so that they can justify these, uh, uh, these these huge salaries that, that, that some of these cops make, some of these supervisors and stuff make. So they can get more, so, so, so they can just get more money. That's all it's about. It's really about money. Uh, uh, cops uh, in the last, I think it was like last five years, uh, there's been a steady decline in police uh, police murders. Uh, most officers don't even die on the job. Most officers die in accidents. If they're on the job, they die in accidents.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: There's more cops that die in accidents, chasing and police chasing stuff like that, than in than than uh, somebody accident an incident where somebody actually killed a police. Right, but they got everybody afraid. To say, "Oh man, The job is just dangerous, it's dangerous. And we need to respect it, so we try to give. So we tend to give them a pass when they slip up and take a life, or two, or three, or four, or five hundred over the last couple of years. You know, you know, five hundred over the last year. You know, thousands over the last ten years. Thousands. We tend to give them a pass." Cops, uh fireman jobs, it's far more dangerous to be a fireman, a logger, a lumberjack, eh. um, uh, a a, uh, uh, a window cleaner. See, that ain't sexy, though. <laughs> That's not <sexy. laughs> But it's far more dangerous to have those type of jobs. Yeah. That is absolutely, absolutely
4: true, so that is, that's, that's, a, that's a really dope perspective to, to take on that. Um, so, okay, so, as a Southern artist, um, what are your thoughts about, like, um, acts, um, like Atlanta rapper B.O.B. or so-called activist Charles Wade, who, uh, used the Black Lives Matter movement as an accessory in regards to, uh, coolism or their own kind of agenda. I don't know if you are aware of what uh, uh took place with uh Charles Wade, but um what are your thoughts about no, tell that? me. Okay, tell so you know, the black uh Charles Wade was a, a a very visible Black Lives Matter uh activist who uh we discovered last night was being charged with uh felony um with uh, felony sex trafficking and prostitution. So basically he was running a prostitution ring while he was trying to, you know, be an activist. And um, mm-hmm. they're charging him with this. So what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Do you, and, and like B.O.B., B., who, you know, who is running around and telling people that the world is flat <laughs> and like actively hello. arguing with this and arguing scientifically. Hello.
1: hello? Yeah, hello? I'm here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm know. sorry. Okay. So B, B. So you said Bob, who was running around and telling what?
4: Telling, telling, um, telling people that the world was flat, and you know, running around and having this this discussion with scientists, and you know, his theory is, you know, I mean, it, it's been debunked several times, but he's still adamant mm-hmm. about the world being flat. You know. So what are your thoughts on yes. that? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh,
1: yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm not a southern artist. I'm an artist who's from the south. Okay. Okay. All right. Now here we go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Um, as far as uh, Charles Wade, that's right. That's the name, right? Charles Wade. Yeah, it's okay. okay. Here's the thing. In all organizations, it's the same thing. Just like you know how you know how they manage to always get us to believe that. Uh, all cops are not bad because it's only a few isolated incidents. and Few bad apples don't spoil the whole bunch. Well, it's the same thing with Charles. Wade. a few bad apples don't spoil the whole bunch. You still have many other participants, many other people that's in the Black Lives Matter movement who are righteous, who are doing the right thing, who ain't sex trafficking. So you can't try to uh, dismiss the whole group based on one, the actions of one. Okay. So let's make, so let's make sure that we stay focused. Because this, this, this is something they always try to do. You know, this is always something that they always do. They try to discredit. As soon as any type of organization that tries to help keep black people or any person that tries to help black people speak on black people, uh, the advancement of black people—they are coming, coming after that person, and the people who support this person got to understand this is part of what they do. So when they, so when you see it coming, you just got to know the stance, you know, just to hold your ground and say, well, that don't mean that because he did this or he did that that I, that I have to uh, not support anything or you, know, or you know or the things that he said is untrue. That doesn't mean whatever he said is untrue because he got caught doing this or that or whatever. doesn't mean that what he said is untrue. Sex trafficking, in my opinion, is one of the most deplorable things that a person can do. I think, it's, you know, I personally think sex trafficking is, very, is a deplorable thing. Uh, now, when it comes to the sex trade, in my opinion, it's a little slightly, I got a slightly different opinion about that. Uh, and I know I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but I'm going to come back to it. The I think that if, a, if you got one responsible adult, and I'm not talking about somebody that's been enslaved or human enslaved, I'm saying a responsible adult who says, I've got some sex over here. You want it? Well, this is how much it's going to cost. And the other person put out the money to pay for it, that's a transaction between two individuals that should not have to be subjected to any type of uh, penalty, any type of persecution, prosecution, whatsoever. It's two individuals. You got it. I want it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's free trade. You know, it, it's just—it's sex. It's just like, and I feel this. I feel the same way about dope. And I feel like, I feel the same way about dope. If I got a rock, and you, I'm a responsible dog, and you want to smoke that rock, and you want to buy that rock, I don't think that I should not be able to sell you that rock. Now, a lot of people, well, that's just wrong. Do you really think that the law is in place because that's wrong, or you believe that the law is in because, or do you believe that the law is in place because the government can't get their cut? Because I can guarantee you that I can guarantee you that the government of the United States don't give a damn about one dope fiend in this country. They don't care about the health of one dope fiend in this country. They do not care about the family members of one dope fiend in this country. They don't care. The only reason with the law is in place is because they can't get their cut. They could, could, they couldn't figure out a way to get their cut on marijuana for years. Now they figured out a way to get their cut. Now all of a sudden, marijuana is is, is legal in in some states now, and it's picking up. And then pretty soon, it's going to be legal in every state. It's going to be legal in every state. So, you know, so as far as that guy, you know, I feel like you know if. Those allegations are true. Hey, man, he got a hey, deal with it. He got to deal with it. But that should not give people grounds to try to dismiss the whole movement. Because you had many people that's in that Black Lives Matter movement that are, that are of kindred spirits, meaning that they are all on the same page. They believe in this cause, and they believe it in, in it with, their, with, with all of their heart. And when you have an organization, a movement that's built on kindred spirits, it's a whole lot harder to kill it than it is if it's only built on the ideologies of one person. Mm. So, so I support that movement 1000%. I don't care what they do. I know that it's many people that's in that movement that mean right. So, and I know, and I know what that movement is about and I support it. They'll never get me to to denounce the black lives matter movement unless it gotten to, got to a place to where it did get diluted like, and, and, and bought and paid for, like, the NAACP. As far as B.O.B. is concerned, let's face it. People say it all the time. Most geniuses are crazy. Oh. They say it all the time. You know, I, I know a lot of people that are very, very smart, and, and then when you get to meet them and you meet you them, you're like, man, this, this dude is weird. But that weirdness is part of what makes them great at what they do. That weirdness. You know, so, I mean, if the man believes the world is flat, then okay, man, well, okay, well, that's what you want to believe. That's the world is flat. And you don't want to believe this, you want to believe that. Hey, man, I, you know, that's cool. But, hey, man, just keep pumping out that dope music because that's really what people know B-O-B for is his music. You know, it's just like, it's like Charles Barkley. You know, we knew Charles Barkley for his, his basketball skills, and he was great playing basketball. But once he started opening his mouth trying to deliver uh, uh, his opinion about uh, political and social issues, uh, he lost all kind of credibility. Because I mean, he was just so far off base. Yeah. Okay. That's a. That's a. That's a.
4: A, a fair perspective to give that something that i, I wouldn't have, i honestly um i wouldn't have uh i wouldn't have uh looked at it in that way but you've given me an opportunity to kind of look at it differently um and uh i i really i really appreciate your um your perspective on that so jenny uh, i'm gonna go ahead and give the floor to you now hon, so you can go ahead because i know you got some more questions that you'd like to ask. I do, thanks. So, Willie you are very radical in your rap storytelling. And so, I want to know, what do you think of the, the cheap heat of the world?
2: Um, what are they lacking in terms of transforming their platform into something much greater?
1: Oh, wow. Wow, what a great question. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preface this with a story. Okay. when i was when I started out, even though I was in the group ghetto boys mm-hmm. I was that I was the street number one street soldier on the planet, didn't even know it because I was in a group, and I always played team ball, so I always was always about the group, you know, yeah, people was telling me, man, D, now, man, man, all these Street dudes would just come up to me just like, oh, really D, man, Willie D, Willie D, Willie D, Willie D, man, 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 you know, I'm feeling it, man, you, man, know, you know, I had dudes that would come up to me and tell me, man, they wanted to actually do things, whatever I asked them to do, they would just do it like a soldier, and I was like, nah, I'm cool, nah, you know, I'm cool, nah, you know, you know and I didn't, I had a lot of power in the streets, and I, I did not know the extent of that power or how to or how to uh harness that power, you know, to 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 actually make really good uh changes aside from just giving a message, but make them turn those messages into action. I could have easily I could have started a whole new political uh, party and with major influence at that time. So I did not understand uh you know, how, how to, you know, it's so Sam to much is given, much is required. Right. And Chief Keith, Keith, much is given to him. Oftentimes, when you have that type of juice, you're kind of like, uh, you don't have time to sit back and really, really, really think about the power that you have because you're on a certain type of course. And that course, you know, you're thinking, okay, more music, more concerts and things like that. And what's the next song I got to put out or whatever. And you don't get a chance to really sit back and think like, man, how can I really, really use this and get people to act now? Like act organized, like mm-hmm. organize this thing. That's what he's missing, organization. He could, I think he, somebody like anybody that have power like that get people who are organized around you and and then figure out a way to to uh, to bring bring to bring your your, your movement together to where it's, it's not just about you to where it's it's so big that you're actually changing lives. And it's so big that you can you know, it can become so many other things, you know, it can become a, a source of of, uh, of, of providing employment for for the underserved, you know mm-hmm. it can c- become a source of uh, uh, you know getting people to the polls and not just getting to the polls. I just don't believe in just voting alone. I believe that you have to vote, but I believe that you also have to stroke a check. And I know people say, "Well, isn't that bribery?" Uh, uh, call it what you want, but that's how America operates. America don't operate on just votes alone. America, you have to, you have to. You have to give something to get something, and a vote alone is a vote alone is not going to uh, uh, make change for black people in America. It, those votes have to be accompanied with uh, checks. You have to go to find go to these people, these lobbyists and, 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 and politicians and stuff. You have to go to them and say, "This is what we want," just like the Asians do, just like the Hispanics do, just like the gays do. Just mm-hmm. like the white folks do, we have to go to them with a check and say, "This is what we want." And if we go like that, we will get what we want. You know. Now, that's other ways to get what you want, but that is one of the most effective ways to get what you want. This country is ran by money. Mm-hmm. This is a capitalistic society. It's ran by mm-hmm. money. So, if, if, I, if, I, if I was, if I had the power that that she's keep had or uh, have, you know. I don't know if he smoked I don't know if he drank but if he do I'd get back up off that and say hold on now I could do a whole lot more I could be Chief Keith the rapper or I can be Chief Keith Keith the you know the, 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 the Messiah you know like I could really really make some moves I could really really change some things and change people's lives, like, really change, like, he's changing, you know, like, he's changing lives, believe it or not, with his music. Everybody that listens to his music is not thinking, I'm gonna go out and kill somebody. You know, a, a lot, sometimes, the most, you know, dangerous music, or the most dangerous sounding music, music that has the most violence in it, are oftentimes, you know, soothe the beast. They say music soothes the wild beast. It does. The wildest beast, it does. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I remember a girl told, a, a female wrote to me over 20 years ago, and she told me she had broken up, What? With her, with her, well, she didn't break up. Her boyfriend left her after getting her pregnant. Oh, and, well. she, and she and she, survived. She had, She was suicidal. And the only reason she did not kill herself is because she played bald-haired holes on reason, <laughs> and it made her laugh. It made her laugh so much that it was therapy to her. Wow. The most unlikely out of all the motivational type songs I've made through the years and the songs that I really thought could change, was going to change somebody's life and influence somebody to do the right thing, it was all head hoes with my least, you know, that I thought, that I thought was like stop somebody from killing themselves, you know, Uh, but yeah, or make somebody to be, want to be a, a, who responsible citizen, But that's what it did to her, and that's what she told me. So I know that, I know you may, many of you may not think that that music <laughs> is influencing people in a positive way, but it can. You know, so I would say to him and, and other people that got that type of platform, like, sit back, step back, get you some people around you who got some good heads on their shoulders. Who already are probably coming to him coming to him already saying, Wow, you know what I'm saying, you should do this or do do this or do that, let me help you do this. Like, you know, pick your good team, get you a team around you and let them go do what they do. Mm-hmm. And you be and you basically be the spokesperson for it. That's so true. You actually
4: answered, you know, my next question, which is gonna be, you know, some advice to those young people in
2: that position. So, you know, I'll actually just follow up with um, social media is very powerful. So how do you think the power of social media has changed the game? And do you feel like the labels are losing their power to independent artists? Yeah,
1: they are. Uh, but they'll figure it out. They always do. Uh, <laughs> <That's> so- <laughs> they figure, yeah, they'll figure it out. The, the labels, the labels uh, uh, you know, they, 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 they're attacked by the uh, independent spirit. Every uh, maybe uh, you know 10, 15 years something happens, and uh, they uh, they got to scramble to maintain control. So every time an independent artist pop up, you know they're gonna go to them with a deal. They're gonna when once they see you got those views on YouTube, somebody gonna make a phone call, all right? And they're gonna try to and they try to you know they're gonna try to you know they're gonna, you know, they gonna try to reel you in. So. And that's what happens to to most artists, anyway. You know, once they get hot, they're, they're independent. But once they get hot, you know, it's very, very hard to turn down that money when that label comes to you. You've been struggling all your life. Yeah, you know, you're trying to be. Uh, you've been struggling, you know, for, for 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 several years trying to get in the game and just busting your butt and doing everything. And then the label come along, and say, "We got you. We'll do it for you." And they stroke the big check. Uh, it's hard. To, it's hard to turn that check down. Very hard. Um, so, but I think that the internet, in and of itself, uh, has been a blessing and a curse for the entertainment industry. Uh, personally, we've lost a lot of revenue because of the internet and people downloading uh, the music for free. And the, and the internet also, because because it's it, it, because it's only a digital imprint, uh, the music now is just only a digital imprint. Um, it, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to steal the music. And people have gotten used to not even paying for music in many cases. A lot of times, artists got to put out three, four, five, six, seven mixtapes before they can get any type of attention. Right. Uh, and, and, and they got to give it away for free. So the thing about it is that that studio time ain't free. All right. Uh, oftentimes, if you make a, if you make a music, if, even if you make music uh, and you buy a little $5 music, it still costs something. You know, if you find $5 off the internet, it costs something. So, but the, but the fans have gotten used to getting the music for free. So that has really made a lot of artists not even want to make music. Like, some of the real serious artists, they won't even make music. I know some very, very good artists who this generation will never hear. Mm. These are some of the best artists in this generation. This, this generation is asked me the generation, I believe, is the first generation who will not get the best of the best that their generation has to offer because of the piracy uh, in, in, in the uh, in the music, of the music. They're not going to get the best artists that their generation has because many of artists feel like they can't make a decent living in the music because their music is panthagy. And so what they're doing is that they're just doing regular jobs and they're doing their music on the side or at the high and they refuse to comply. They refuse to just give their music away for free. You know, Prince never did it. All right. There's a number of other artists that did it. You know, they said, no, i am never giving my music away for free. You know, it cost me to make music. And, and, and I don't, and I don't go cheap. I don't buy $5 beats. You know, right. I, I deal with real producers you know, who, uh, you know, who is serious about their craft, and I have to pay them. I feel that. you still a Willie D record out there, you know, it's gonna have some kind of... It's, got, it's gonna have some value on it. You know, it's gonna have some value on it. I hear people saying, well, you should just give it away free, and... No. Nah. Let, well, let me ask you something. If, uh you can go up to the dealership and get a free car, why would you ever buy a free car? I mean, why would you ever buy a car if you can get it for free? Right. If you, know that, if you know that you can go, uh, you know, just go to the store and, and get a free, uh, you know, get a free uh, loaf of bread, why would you ever buy a loaf of bread if it's free? That's true. That's true. That is
4: facts. That is, that is definitely facts. Well, all right. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to breathe right here. <laughs> so, um, so with that being said, um, let's pivot into, into a discussion about longevity in the, in the industry. You know, you're right. You know, you've got artists that, you know, why would you, why would people buy music if they could get it for free? So what advice would you give to, um, artists that are looking to have longevity in this industry?
1: Uh, the biggest thing for me with long with longevity is maintaining your passion. Okay, you know, for for me, and for maintaining your passion, and every time you make a song, whether whether you, whether it's you making the song is for you, your own collection, your own discography, this, this, or you're making it for, or you're doing a feature, attack. Every single verse, every single bar, like you got a gun to your head. Somebody if you don't rap your ass off, I'm gonna blow your head off. That's the way I rap. <laughs> Cause I never know when the first, I never know when somebody's listening to Willie B for the first time. So when you listen to me, I went, oh hell damn, where he been? Oh shit, let me, let me now go look up that whole catalog and now let's see what's up. So that's the way I go at it. So when you hear Kuhn, all of a sudden, I've been reading a lot of the posts, a lot of the blogs and stuff. And what's cool is that a lot of, I'm reading stuff where people are saying, this is, I've been saying all along, Willie D is one of the best artists ever. He's underrated. He's, you know, blah blah blah. I've been standing in the Senate, and then now it's like this song is like validation for them because I haven't put out a song in 15 years, but yet I can put out a song that 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 uh, carries uh, more discussion than most of the brand new artists that are out now, and people are talking about my song, and they're also praising the lyrics. It's like damn, you know, not only has he not lost a step, it seems like he's gained some steps. So for me, uh, it has a lot. For me, you know, I've always been big on, like, saying, okay, like, I have to make this song, like, I have to write this, like, this is my last song. Like, this this is the first time that a potential fan will hear my music. And I want that fan, I want them to say, I don't want them to say, oh, uh, you know, I don't want them to fast forward. When my birth, if I'm doing a feature, when I come on, I want you to raise up in your seat. Oh, hell, he, okay, oh, okay. So that's the, that's the so I, I think having pride, having pride about what you put out, that music that you put out, helps to make you get that longevity because only artists, timeless music really have longevity if you look back at all the artists any artist that's relevant over the last 10 years uh, most of those artists have timeless music just about every single one of those artists music is timeless that music is in a time capsule all these artists with these LaFay you know one hitter quitters and stuff like that you know you you don't hear from them you know after a few years they're out of here but if you go in and you pay attention to the music and you put you put some you know you put some real thought in it and you go in that studio and you say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna do this you know you know this is cool but I think it can be better. You go in with that type of mentality. That was always my role with the Ghetto Boys. I could when we do Ghetto Boy records after we would finish an album everybody leaves and I will sit in the studio and I just listen to the whole thing and I just be listening like okay I hear something right here. You know what? I'm gonna put a commercial right here. Okay, I hear something right here. I'm gonna go in. The song is already jamming, but I'm gonna go ahead and i say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." Like we got a song like, like, like uh, the song uh, "I Tried"
4: mm-hmm. on the
1: last on the album that we put out in 2005. That song was already jamming, but I heard something. And I went in the studio and I did in the hook is you know it was like uh it was like uh. A, uh, uh, some singing going on in the hook, and I came in. I was like, whoop, 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 whoop. That's me singing it. <laughs> and then I say, Yeah, You know, just that little shit, that little bitty touch that you put in there, a little extra stuff. The fans appreciate that. And it all, what it also does is it, it puts just a little bit more distance between your music and the next person. Because the average artist, is not really, really a serious artist. They're just artists. They're not really serious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm the type of artist when I make my music, I want other art, not just the fans to appreciate it, but I want other artists to appreciate it. So when I hear, this is a true story of one of my buddies uh, that worked out in, you know, worked rap life was out in, uh, in, in, in New York before Biggie was killed, and. He said Biggie and and uh, Puffy was in the studio and they were all arguing about who was the better rapper out of me and Brad. You know, it was like was Scarface. Here's the thing he said: he said Biggie thought that Scarface was the better rapper and Puffy thought I was the better rapper. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's impressive. When I hear that stuff, like, so I know when you can, be a, when you can impress your peers, you're doing something. You know, when, when, I, when I go to a party and I see Eminem for the first time, and Eminem walks up to me and he, he says to his manager, what, what music did I just buy yesterday? And he said, oh, I bought your, he bought the Controversy. He was like, Eminem tells me he bought my Controversy album the day before that he met me. That means something to, something to me. That means that I know that I'm doing something. I'm doing something right. So it's not just my, my fans that, that I I'm, that I'm want to impress when I make this music. I want my contemporaries to pay attention to. I want them to listen. I want to send them back to the studio and try to get their shit tighter.
4: Yeah. Well, that is a great, that's some great, great advice, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm actually going to take some of that myself and apply it to what I've got going on with my stuff. So um, let's talk about some things that you're currently working on since we're talking about longevity. And you know what, and you, and, you, you,
1: and you do R&B, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so imagine this. you mm-hmm. making Imagine you making a, you making a song. Okay. Oh, you making an album. Imagine making an album and you impress Beyoncé. Ooh. If you can impress Beyoncé, I think it's safe to say that you can, you, you 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 can make a good a comfortable living and that you've done something with your music if you can impress Beyoncé. Mm. Come on for that. Come on for 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 that tee right there. Come <sighs> on for that. You know, many, many many people consider Eminem to be the greatest rapper, at least one of the greatest rappers ever. Yeah, I was able to impress him with my music, and and when it comes to the South, uh, you know, a uh, 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 Pimp C was like the president. You know, people these young for this new generation. They love that. Yeah, but Pimp C would often tell people that I inspired him. Wow. So when you have Pimp C, somebody like Pimp C say, I must have done something. I must be doing something right. I must have done something. Yeah. And And, and it's me. For me, I think it was me deciding that my lane in this music, first and foremost, was going to be Making music where I feel like I can make an impact and and serve the underserved, be a voice for the voiceless. That was my thing. I wanted to do, I wanted to give to my generation, I wanted to give to the people what Stevie Wonder gave to me growing up. Because I knew that it was people that was uh, in trouble, I knew that it was people that was going through things. And I wanted to be that voice to help them along the way. I want to be that dude that would step out there, and I want to be the dude that step up and speak to and speak on behalf of uh, the people that couldn't speak for themselves. That's why when I made Coon, uh I knew that I was going I knew I was going to shake things up, but I didn't, I didn't anticipate reading the comments, so many comments from people that were saying, man, by time somebody with a platform said something about time." You know, damn, damn. You know, like, I mean, they just, people are very, very passionate about talking about this song. They're very, very thankful that I made this song. But that's me saying, these other motherfuckers won't do it. They won't do it. They're scared. I know why they're scared. And I'm like, you know what? I know I'm going to get some doors shut on me. I know... I know they gonna come. I know the coons and the coon lovers coming. They gonna come <laughs> after me. And I was like, man, but man, fuck it. I'm doing it anyway. And that's how I've always been as an artist. I like, you know, no. But normally, as an artist, I, I wouldn't have. I would. I wouldn't hesitate. I just do it. This time around, you know, I got. I got a daughter that's about to start law school. I got a son. That's. Uh, that's. That's 16 years old about to get, go to business school and they got lives, and, you know, they got some things that they're going to be doing some big things. Yeah, They're expected to do some big things. And, you know, I have to consider when I do things that I want to make sure that any moves that I make, that they don't have to be penalized for. Right. You see? So, and, and, and if they do get penalized for them, I am going to unleash everything I got in me to destroy anybody that comes near my kids. Anybody come after my kids. I'm going to make them pay. I don't care who it is. I don't care how much power they have. I am going to use everything I got to break them. I'll make them wish they never heard of the name Dennis. That's the way I'm coming, and I think, and I think all men should be like that. All men should protect their families, should protect their children, should protect their woman with everything they have, and that includes all enemies, domestic and foreign. And when I say domestic, I mean more more close with a home like your community. Protect your family, protect your children, protect the women. There's no reason why our women and children should not feel safe in their own communities. They should not, should fear, like, that shouldn't, going to the store should not be an adventure. Just walking to the corner store should not be an adventure. You should not have to feel like you're on an obstacle course. Mm -hmm. You're you're, on some some type of, uh, you know, you you had some type of war in a landmine or something. Just going to the store, just walking up the block or standing on the block, or just even standing in your front yard. That's ridiculous. And it gets no real do. Once you understand what real manhood is, that's when, you understand, that's when you start becoming responsible. When you understand, when you accept your role as a real man, that's when you start saying, you know what, I don't give a damn who I lose, what support I lose. I don't care who's got something bad to say it or who's saying, well, you shouldn't be saying this because you did this in the past or that in the past. You know what, I ain't tripping on none of that. Talking about what's happening right now, where I am right now, and I understand right now that for me, it would be a co- an act of coward, you know, an act of a coward to know what I know, to know what it takes to, to, to lift our community up and not speak on it, not say anything. Many people won't even say it. Many dudes that's in my Uh, that come from where I come from, that's from the hood, or even the rappers that make the reality rap past and present, they won't say it because for them, many of them are no different than a white supremacist because they make their money off of black people being ignorant, not smart. Hmm see cause he, cause, and, and, and it's important to note that when Ghetto Boys made music when we made music we always had some type of political edge to our music some type of socially conscious edge to our music even when we was talking about killing it was always a cautionary tale we never talked about killing just to be killing it was always a cautionary tale it was always lived by family first you know children family it was always that it was always survival like that. It was never just going down the street, pop, 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 looked at the wrong, pop, 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 you know, crazy to madness, killing little children. You know, like, we we, we, we we never had that type of mentality. So a lot of guys, they know the truth, but because they're still followers, many many men who look like men and dress like men and walk, talk, and, you know, guns and they say I'm the real I'm the real this shit this don't play with me many of these dudes are afraid of leadership many of these dudes are afraid to take ownership of themselves like really take ownership and say man you know what I'm done with this that's it that's it we as men gotta stop lying to other young men we gotta stop lying We got to start telling the truth to our boys. My son, I told my son, look, date as many girls as you want. Have all the fun you want. But when you commit to one, that's it. You commit to that one and that's it. So I let my son know, you ain't going to be able to bring your little old girlfriends around different girlfriends around me and think it's going to be cool or you impressing me or something. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to be impressed. I'm going to be disappointed in you. Because the downfall of too many men is the upkeep of too many women.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So my thing is that you want when you commit, you commit. Date all you want. Date as many girls as you want. They date, 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 date. date. But when you say I love you and she say I love you and we are an item and we are together and we are going, to, we're, we're exclusive, we're going to be in this relationship together, me and you. That's it. That you want to impress me, be loyal to your woman. That's, That's what I, I tell my son. That's what I tell my son. If you want to impress me, and I know he want to impress me because I am his most... Uh, influential person, the most influential person in his life. He got his mom who he lived with. But for all kids, for kids, the most important role model in their life is their same-sex parent, that parent who who shares their same gender identity. That's the parent that's the most influential person, even if that person ain't in their life. But I'm in my son's life, so I get double action. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I so what I say got a lot. of What I say and what I do has a lot of influence on where he's going to end up, mm. and how he's going to act right now. And we got to stop lying to our boys and making it, we, making them think it's cool to break a woman. See, I yeah. grew up with dudes telling me, "Man, you got to break it. You got to test her, Man, you got to make sure she's real. She's down it." Man, you can do all the testing and breaking all you want. A lot of women are so so slick, man. They can act them, they can act through all. They can pass that test. There's a lot of women, that, you know. A lot of them don't to fail, but a lot of them just can, can slide right on through. And you'll never know until they get to the point where they want to get. You got women that'll do everything you want them to do until they get your heart. Once they get the heart on lock, don't let them get a baby in the ring. It's a wrap. Then you see the real them. It's just like men who do the same thing. Men or act like they all this day the night shine shining all that You know they they do this they this that here that. Soon as you invest and you let that fool all the way in and he get your heart, then you find out, man, you ain't got no gentleman. You got a monster. You hooked up with a monster. This, who the hell is this dude? So so that don't mean nothing. The best thing, the best kind of relationship to have is a relationship where you don't plant seeds of doubt. Don't plant seeds of doubt. Don't ever do something to make a person think that you don't have their back or that you won't be there for them at their worst time, at their lowest point. Always do acts that make that reinforces to that other person, to the person that you're with that you're in a relationship with. That you are going to be there for them, that you are ride or die, that you are with them at all times, and you're never going to do anything to purposely hurt them. That's the best and most healthy type of relationship to have. Because even if if, if you try to break a woman and and put her through all these tests, and, and she finally passed, and you say, okay, that's it, okay, I'm gonna cut all my other women off, and you the one, and. Soon as she gets to be the one, she gonna be sitting back thinking, "Man, you took me through all this stuff and then, he put me through." And she gonna still be resentful that you put her through all that stuff. Yeah, she gonna feel like she won, and she, 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 she reached the finish line, and she, and all of that stuff. But in the back of her mind, she gonna always have all of that stuff you put her through. Women don't forgive, and women don't forget. Amen. They do not forgive. They do not forget. Amen. Because if they, if they, if they forget, if they forgave, if they forgave, they wouldn't keep putting it in your, bringing it up, putting it in your face on it. Mm-hmm. So we know we know women don't forget nothing. We know that. But a lot of times I hear people say women forgive, and they don't forget. No, I mean, just,
4: no, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> they don't forgive and they don't forget. You right? You sure all right? Cause I'm right there. What <laughs> <laughs> you are dropping some gems on every day? Yes, sir. Well, you know what, Mister Willie D, we not gonna keep you too much longer. We just uh, we wanna uh, let our let our listeners know where we could get you know um, where we could find you and uh, your music. <laughs>
1: You can find me um uh, on the Conan Fifth War selling some dope, nigga. <laughs> 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 okay, all right, I'll y'all. Okay. Now nah, you can find me at Willie D. Live on Twitter and Instagram. And uh on Facebook, I am Willie D Booking. Okay. Uh, oh, you can just go to my web you know what the easiest thing to do is just go to my website and everything you want to know about me is right there all all my social contacts, everything is at com. so my videos everything is, uh, is right there at dot that's the easiest way to find me all righty sir well it was an absolute pleasure
4: having you thank you for stopping through the candy shop and chopping it up with us at the countertop uh we definitely appreciate no no you. No and um and, uh, and we will uh we
1: will get whatever, whatever Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, just uh, you know, uh just you know, just reach out, you know, from time to time and uh, you know, we ain't you know, we ain't got to we got to do the whole publicist thing and all that stuff all the time, you know what I'm saying? Just hit me up and uh and then uh, but I, I mean, you know, I'm just depending on what I have going on, I may have to use to schedule it, but you know, I don't I don't need Need me, you the publisher to approve it because, hey, you know we all family. That's for sure. That's for sure. We are a big family over here, at Hot Chicago and Hot Noir that's Media. About twenty You need? I
4: need about twenty dollars for next. Yeah, right, right
1: though. You got, look here. Send, send me your PayPal address and you got it. Uh, that's Just
4: hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> You know, it's all, it's all in the family over here, High Chicago and High Duarte Media, as well as Alma Mater. So, you know, we do our thing over here. And, you know, you are more than welcome to stop by the candy store at any time, Mr. Willie D. And you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for, 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 for stopping in with us. We We really appreciate yes. that. And we'll be in touch very no. soon, okay? You got it, you got it. And in the meantime, I want you to do me a favor and go check out hotchicago.com for me. That's uh, H-A-U-T-E, chicago.com. Just as the slave master in that day used Tom, the house Negro,
1: to keep the field Negroes in check, the same old slave master today has Negroes who are nothing but modern Uncle Tom. He take a negro, go call negro and make him prominent, build him up, publicize him, make him a celebrity. Tell your nigga jokes while he in the room, he gon' laugh harder than you, cause he a coon. I'm a goon, top-down, pass up when I walk. Never call a CEO a boss, I'm not a coon. Boom! It's the elephant in the room. Nah, that's a motherfucking coon. Black's been free since Lincoln got wasted, but some of these niggas still on the plantation. Listen up, Charles Barkley. You light-skinned, but they still calling you a dark.